How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the normal Firestorm podcast. Not the Firestorm Let's Play. We're actually doing a podcast episode this week. Um, Whoa. And we are, we are back with a classic anime review. This yes, sir. Time, we, we said we were going to do this, and we got around to it eventually. Um, <coughs> oh, made... I coughed. That's yeah, all. you're dying. Oh, no, I'm good. Um... Alright, so, made by June Maeda and PA Works, uh, what came after Charlotte, after we did that review, is The Day I Became a God. And, yeah, there we go. We watched it, we're now gonna review it, and, uh, it yeah. quite the, quite an interesting tale. Quite an interesting okay. story. Very yeah, familiar so, to Charlotte. Yeah, very, very similar. So I'll, I'll, I don't have anything pulled up, but I'm going to try to run through it, basically run through a quick summary, because, I mean, hopefully if you're watching this, you've already seen the show. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I can, we are going to spoil that. things. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Without we're going doubt. to spoil the fuck out of things. So, like, this is your last spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the show, go fucking watch it, because we're about to spoil everything. Um, the, the Wikipedia summary is just, while preparing for the upcoming graduation exams in the final year of high school, Yota Nakamori meets a mysterious young girl named Hina Sato, who claims to be, who claims she is the goddess named Odin. She tells Yota yeah. that the end of the world will be coming in 30 days, but he remains skeptical despite her making numerous correct predictions. Uh, the story revolves around Hina assisting Yota as he helps people around town while she adjusts <clears throat> to her new life. As he spends yeah, more time with her, he begins right. to uncover more secrets about her life and how she became a god. Yeah, so, so basically, it just, it starts off first, what, seven or eight episodes-ish? Um, seven, I think. Seven episodes-ish. Uh, it starts off this really cutesy kind of slice-of-life thing where you don't really, there's not much, like, genuine continuity. There's just episode by episode, they take on, like, different tasks that's uh, Yota and Hina, that is. And sometimes there are extra people, like, um, oh my god, don't tell me her name. Uh, what's the girl's name? I forget her name. Oh my Izanami? god. Izanami. Izanami, the one-sided crush. Um, the one ramen noodle shop girl. Um, his little sister, Sora. Um, Yota's little sister, Sora. Um, there's this one famous chick who tags along for some reason. Um, Tengen. And yeah, some like, and then I don't know his how, best friend. His best his best they, friend's epic. I forget his name though. He is epic. I don't know if they go, <clears throat> do they call him Ashura or Kofuro? Ashura. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Ash, Ashura, um, Ashura. That's how they refer to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's but yeah, those the characters are actually pretty solid. But then from episodes, I don't know what what episode starts in, but they start teasing something a little deeper from pretty early on. There's this other guy who's like fucking a genius with computers or some shit and has holograms he pulls up and um he starts looking into this mysterious scientist guy um who we don't know until about episode seven the end of episode seven actually worked on something that uh heavily involves hina and so here's final final spoiler warning because i'm about to just fucking ruin everything if you haven't seen the show um basically we learn that there is some kind of chip or device or something in hina's brain um, because she has a, a birth, like a disability, a mental disability of some kind. I don't remember the, the exact name of it, it. 
It's called a logo syndrome. It's okay, logo like, syndrome. As you get older, your body starts starts to deteriorate deteriorate further, something like that. Yeah. So, so there's no known cure for it, and essentially, what this device was able to do somehow was turn Hina from a basically a, a girl, a young girl with a genuine mental disability, into a fully functioning human child. Um, so there's well, it, it wasn't even a mental disability it was literally a disease yeah like, it was able to it was able to um as far as i remember the whole the little microchip was actually like a supercomputer as well like a quantum yes. supercomputer that's why she was able to be like connected to the world essentially in a, in some manner and she was able to make correct predictions about stuff yeah so it was something that her grandfather developed and i think gave to her because of her sickness, mm-hmm. and then yeah, that see that whole plot kind of that was tricky. That was very interesting. The, it was. You're right. the The first like half of the season and a bit, it <clears throat> was very reminiscent of Charlotte, where they were just like, okay, this is a situation. Let's go do some fun, cutesy shit, and uh, be funny for a while. And yeah. Like it, it, it was uh, up until then. Uh, I was uh, up until the whole uh, bit where they went to go see Hina's father happened. I was just thinking, this is so familiar to Charlotte, but it was not a bad thing actually. I <sighs> the first episode kind of flopped in my head. The introduction was a bit sure. lame, but then the comedy adjusted for me, and I was able to get into it. Yeah, and I was just like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, okay, I can, I can, I see it. And then, um, <laughs> when did the emo guy? I never learned his name. When did the emo guy get introduced? There was just one random scene of him fucking hacking into shit and finding a child. When- yeah, I don't know when it was. I want to say it was like episode three or four when he first got introduced. It was early. Yeah. See. Okay. Yeah, it was three. See, I, I wrote down the note. But it's just like, um, I just wrote, okay, a random edgelord, because I was just like, who's this guy? Why is he important? And then he's just like, oh, he can hack shit. Look at that. Whoa. Edgy. And I was just, because of the white hair, and I was just like, fucking hell. This, uh-huh. He's going to become, an, and I literally said to myself, he's not going to become important to the end. And that's exactly what happened. So, yep. um, yeah, that was random. But, um, yeah, no, so the the gang, essentially, like, Sheena, uh, not Sheena, Hina, was kind of just like, all right, I'm here now, you, I like, you, you're epic, uh, let's go do stuff for 30 days while the world's coming to an end. And for some reason, um, I keep forgetting the names and I have to go back to Wikipedia, um, no, Yota? Yota, fuck. Uh, Yota. Yota, um, he, like, he's really confused and he keeps saying, like, oh, well, alright, you want to come live with us? My parents will say no. And then they say yes, and he's just like, excuse me, what the fuck? And then all, a lot of the predictions that uh, Hina makes about, like, horse races and about the weather and ominescence, is that what she calls it? Ominescence? Ominescence, um, yeah. Yeah, is able to predict a lot of these things, and in- including ways to say beat a mahjong tournament, 
like win a Mahjong tournament through complete bullfuckery mm-hmm. and uh, help some ramen lady shop owner get her business back up with MSG. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> with, the secret to M- everything. MSG. And, um, yeah, and then it's like dropped near the end after they, I think, just after or just before they meet Hina's father. Um, because she actually has parents, whoa, mm-hmm. um, and it's dropped by her, by Yota's parents, that they worked with her grandfather, and they said, and they set up a plan for their, uh, for Hina's, fucking, I keep getting the names mixed up, I just woke up, they set up a plan for Yota's parents to take in Hina when he was, like, sick or something, or when he wasn't able to take care of, of her anymore. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of was the setup of the plan, and it worked out, but then Emo Edgelord guy, I'm gonna actually find his name here. I don't remember um, either. Um, uh, Hirito, Hirito, Hirito Suzuki, um, I'll call him Suzuki, cause, like, the car, um, yeah, Suzuki fucking discovers the supercomputer chip that his company or whoever he's working for is looking for and it's in her brain so they have to go kidnap her and that's when I thought okay this show is going to turn into like oh, a rescue mission and it did kind of but not in the way I thought mm-hmm. because they this evil group you thought oh they're evil this emo guy is working for them they succeeded they got her and they got the chip out of her brain. And then... Nothing else came of that side story. It just went straight to... Where the fuck is Hina? And then there was a time lapse. So... Yeah. That was a bit odd. But, um... Anyway, I'll stop rambling for a moment. So, what did you think about the show coming into it? Like, what were the what did the impression give you? The first few I episodes? I mean, from the first few episodes, I... Like you said, it, it, sound, it looked a lot like Charlotte... I was actually really digging the cutesy vibe, like the really just innocent slice of life stuff it had going on for the first half or so. Um, yeah, I, I did like um, what's his face, Suzuki. He's probably my favorite character in the show. Like he's actually really interesting because um, he had like this backstory with his parents who abused him because of his ability or whatever, um, and then he like See, turned like, when, evil when and was, shit. It was great. When he was just introduced, I didn't care because it was in the middle of all the cutesy shit but then when he like got into the trash dump and was able to recover like a book and a photo of Hina and Hina's grandfather Mm -hmm. that's when I was just like oh fuck oh alright let's go and I got really interested then I became invested because up until then it was just random who knows what he's doing yeah well that that that, and that was then that was the point you're supposed to like piece it all together once like at a later moment in time that that was the whole point of those like little segments at the end i think is just to like whoa what is this guy doing like you're supposed to like you're it's supposed to pique your interest or like intrigue you i guess and then you're like figure it out later i really like that style of storytelling actually where it like kind of gives you these characters you don't really know much about but they actually have a vital role in the story that you only find out what it is later on i think that's really cool and there's a lot of like potential and it, it builds up the suspense and the tension and mystery in the show really well like if, if that guy like if those segments hadn't been in i probably wouldn't have been as interested like it would have been fine 
um like the first few episodes they would have been fine but if like that mystery if there wasn't that element of mystery to it i probably like would have just not been as interested in that as i was or whatever but like i was going to say the first few episodes with the slice of life stuff i mean the intro was fine uh, like the first two episodes or whatever um but once it got going and all the characters started interacting i actually really liked it that was definitely my favorite part of the show is how all the characters uh interacted and talked to yeah. each other it was it was very well written uh from start to finish pretty much the the dialogue was and i really like just how the, like how smoothly it all flows together uh the dialogue it's all the characters feel like they don't feel out of place or anything except for maybe that one chick like the famous girl or who whatever fucking name is um she's kind of weird uh out of place but other than that everyone was was cool and uh it like that's like i said that's my favorite part of the show i think um and i will say my favorite episode probably of the show is i i think it's episode five the one where uh, they help Izanami make amends with her dad. I think that's a really, really good episode and very sad. Like one of the few, yeah. like one of the emotional high points of the show. And I, I was act. That was probably when I like cared the most. Aside from like around the very end, I think that was probably like the point I cared the most about all these characters. I really liked Izanami, like her growth throughout the show and stuff. Even though you know wasn't a lot because she wasn't a huge focus, but like. You can tell there's a very obvious difference between before episode five and after episode five in her dialogue and how she treats everyone around her. It's very solid. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite episode. Um, I can't remember where I saw something like that. Violet Evergarden. That's it. Um, there was a, there was an episode like that in Violet Evergarden, which is an amazing show. Um, but yeah. it's still need to watch it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, there's there's a there's an episode like uh, this one in Violet Evergarden. It reminded me of that, and because of the video messages from Izanami's mom, it was fucking crazy. Like I I I almost teared up a little bit. Like I I did want to cry, but um, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the ending later. But other than that, like a lot of the stuff was just fun. Like a lot, even the the mm. Mayong tournament or the fucking ramen shit. Like the tomfoolery that went on. To, to make all this shit happen it, it was it made no sense but it was kind of funny especially like when in the 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 gaming tournament when he was just making all these bullshit moves i don't know the rules of that game but like everyone was looking at him like he was fucking crazy when he was making these moves and like this move makes no sense i love it that's the thing though that's the thing that gets me about that the, the one thing about this show at least in particular because of like they use because it, it feels more modern and it feels like it can actually relate more to a modern day audience now, like now because of like the use of RPGs, the video games that they were playing, like mobile phones and like chips in the fucking brain even. Like a lot of this actually sounds like modern day technology and it was actually very relatable. And even with Mahyong, um... It's pretty infa- it's pretty infamous that no foreigner knows what the fuck the rules are to the game. So they literally use that as a plot point of <laughs> we know you're not going to get this game, but you will get to watch this guy fuck around and bullshit his way to victory. And that and it, it was very purposed with that and I appreciated that. 
Yeah, it I, was it was good. I did like it. I one hundred percent agree with you. By the way, that episode five with mm-hmm. Izanami's dad, and in my opinion, I think it was episode twelve at the very end, were two very emotional and very invested moments. I loved everything with Izanami and her dad being able to rekindle and watch that video of her mum. That was so like sad but heartwarming yeah i appreciated that so much but my favorite episode was just after that with episode six Mm -hmm. when the whole gang went to the festival that was my favorite moment because just finally seeing the whole gang together interacting and even though they hadn't got up to like recording the movie yet i don't think no so they were all kind of just interacting for the first time and Tengen was a bit of a bitch um, and, like, everything was just kind of new to them. All the interactions were fun. Even the brief plot point of Hina getting trapped in a fucking ice truck and then Ashira and Yota having to be badasses on the back of a motorbike, like, reminding each other of their basketball dreams and chill of that, like... that. Yeah, that was a really good episode. It is. It was just all so fucking good. And, like, I I get that... See, with Charlotte, the... It felt like that the first few episodes of their adventures, like, finding other people with powers and all that, the only thing that really came from that is that they found that one chick with dual personalities. Yeah. And then she joined the group. Meanwhile, with The Day I Became a God, every episode was to set up a new character that would join their overall group. Like, mm-hmm. um, what was it? Episode two? Well, I'm having a look at my notes. No, episode two was just kind of the, uh, oh, he knows here now. Um, and yeah. the parents are really uh, fucking weird about it. They're okay. Because oh. even, you said oh. they set it up early on. And there was, like, one scene when Hina was asleep and the parents were just like, okay, it's happening. And it's just like, mm. what? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, one of our assholes. Um, yeah. So, episode three was the, like, ramen lady. Episode four was Mahyong. She's a cutie. Oh, my God. That was, that was adorable. See, the other thing I like about this is that a lot of their comedy was obvious, like whenever you know overreacts to something and the rock music starts playing, like that yes, was funny. But exactly. then there was random, there was random like shit sprinkled in between. Like the one thing I wrote down that made me laugh the most in episode three was uh, that interview with um, with Yota when he's pretending to be like a businessman for ramen. Yeah, and he says, "I've been wearing the same suit for ten years." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just fucking cracked it and lost it when he said that. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's just, it's like kind of, like, the comedy in those early, in those early episodes are, it's kind of hits you out of nowhere. Just, like, random throwaway lines are just really funny. Uh, And that's, that's, like, the attention to detail, I think, that it comes down to. And, like, because when, when you're dealing with slice of life and you don't have anything to, like, any sort of, you know, fantastical elements to really save like any like the lazy plot or whatever you have to pay like attention to detail is huge and when and because just really the whole show is just character interactions that's all it is so 
like the way they incorporate just random throwaway lines that are funny it's like they didn't have to do that but the the attention to detail there is like kind of makes the the show infinitely better like like because otherwise it's just not it's just not fun like you have no reason to pay attention to every line but if you if you blink you'll miss some but in this one like you'll if you blink you'll miss a funny throwaway line that probably would have cracked you up so they this really solid attention to detail and on the slice of life topic i actually think that compared to this guy's last two works angel beats and charlotte this one being much more grounded and it's slice of life focused was to its benefit I think having yes. those fantastical elements in the other two were kind of um, they kind of took away from like the big twist, the all you know the huge twist that always uh, comes with those shows. With these, so kind the, of like a hindrance in the end. Yeah, they they kind of like with, if there's going to be like this huge twist, like there can't be a bunch of other shit going on with like all these different fantastical elements of the show. Like there's always there's too much going on. It feels like sometimes. But this one didn't have a lot going on it, at one time. It was it was just it was very manageable, and it felt that it definitely felt like the whole slice of life thing was to its huge benefit. Like this one is, I think, easily the strongest out of those three shows for sure. I I'm inclined to agree. Like I, in my opinion, thought Charlotte was a whole heap funnier. I thought there was a lot more solid comedy in there. Yeah, there is that really got to me I, I feel like and the thing is the thing that honestly surprised me is that you're right this the day I became a god was so much more grounded than Charlotte and Angel Beats Charlotte was really really good but there were like really obvious like kind of fucked moments like when his sister dies oh yeah spoils for Charlotte fuck it um like, when his sister dies, and then he gets all, oh, shut the fuck up, phone. I thought I had you on silent. Um, when his sister, when, he, when his sister dies, and then he goes emo, and then, like, everything about, uh, Nal's brother happens. And you're kind of just like, wow, this is serious. Now, <sighs> with The Day I Became a God, I was expecting something like that. I was expecting an abusive parent or some fucked tragic backstory and Hina's backstory it was tragic but it wasn't in my opinion it wasn't to the extent of everything else uh, of like the fucked shit in Charlotte because it was weird it was like okay um how about we just fucking say her parents had a reasonable reason to leave and yes, it's bad leaving their child, but they expected their child was going to die and they didn't want to go through that heartache because there was no cure. And when they approached Hina's father about it, he didn't yell, he didn't get angry, he was calm and he spoke in a reasonable tone, which... I expected him to get angry and be like, how dare you bring her back? And he even said, I should be angry right now, but I'm not. And it was just like, this is so much more grounded down that I was chill with it. And I was just like, okay, people are being like, this is, people are being logical. People are not overreacting to stuff. Like Yoda overreacted a lot in the end. 
He was being <laughs> such a cunt in the end. But, so glad you agree with me on that. My God. Oh, yeah, no. In the hospital, yeah, no. He was such a cunt. You, when, you, when you said the hospital, and then when it got to that point, and he was doing what he was doing, we'll get to that in a bit, I was just like, oh, my God, you're being a cunt. Oh, my just God, stop. shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. It's infuriating. And, um, it, it was. But, um... Yeah, but then Emo Kid's backstory was hella sad because his yeah. parent, then there was an abusive parent. Haha, <laughs> there it is. So, hey. like, I knew that was, knew that was going to fucking happen. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, there you go. I reckon, I, I was honestly surprised with how grounded it was and I was happy with that because uh, it felt, like, even though, yeah, there was this whole oh, supercomputer chip thing in her head and uh, she's got an incurable disease it did feel much more grounded in reality. Even yeah. the, even her powers weren't that completely absurd. No. They were just, like... And I, I was pleasantly surprised and happy with it. And the ending as well... The ending, again, was very similar to Charlotte, because yeah. it, here's some uh, sick person in a wheelchair. Let's all hang out, friends. And um, <laughs> there you yeah. go. But I preferred the ending to this show. I did as well. Even though uh, Yoda's still a bit weird now, because he confessed his love to what is essentially a child now. Yeah. Uh, bit odd, but... Yeah, whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, bruh. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm con yeah, conflicted I'll, about I'll that. Yeah, I'll take over a bit. for So, like... <sighs> So I'll we'll go over the end real quick. So basically, well, let, let's we've been over the uh, whole like oh funny friendly slice of life. Let's start. Let's go into the twist. Let's, yeah. Let's so go into the twist here we go. So this that. so the start. We basically learn. I think it's the end of episode seven. The end of the filming episode. That basically that supercomputer they've been looking for is inside of Hina's head. Uh, she gets captured and taken away um, after episode or in episode nine, I believe, um, when Suzuki like i think it like some does something to like maybe gives the the company the the supercomputer's location or something like that um so they take it out of her head and they she gets put back into uh into the hospital in some like expensive ass fancy ass hospital to uh be taken care of as someone with that disease or with that disability um so there's like a time lapse like i think uh half a school year goes by or something like that um yoda is feeling lost and upset because hina's gone he couldn't prevent hina from getting uh taken away so eventually there's this new kid suzuki but we know the guy of course as outsiders we uh, people looking on we know the kid and he's purposefully taking um yota and his friend group um that's ashra and izanami as well to recreate all the experiences they had in the first few episodes with hina so they went to the ramen shop they played mayong and they fucking i uh, did i don't know whatever like mentioned a festival some other bullshit um but basically it was all suzuki's way of saying hey you need like i know where hina is or something like that and eventually yota figures it out only after having it fucking revealed to him like hey i'm a like, like after, only after Suzuki's like, wow, face. you're the dumbest motherfucker. And uh, I, uh, when he's just like, God, you're such a fucking idiot. I'm going back to California. And I was just like, I'm going to California. <laughs> 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 
Like, fair enough. Yeah, I was like, yeah, dude, moron. I understand, bro. Um, so yeah, only having only after being yelled at for a fucking idiot for being a fucking idiot does Yoda figure it out. And then he basically we don't see it, thankfully, but Yoda has everything explained to him. And then Yoda goes to the hospital uh, to find Hina and basically spends episode. 10, episodes 10, 11, and part of 12, um, basically trying to rebond with Hina because she had the, the computer chip taken out, of course, because it was too powerful to be kept uh, in the public or whatever, even though it wasn't really affecting anything. It was just fucking there. Um, but yeah, so because Hina's had the supercomputer taken out, she's like, she doesn't really remember anything. She can't really be communicated with efficiently she's very hard to get through to um and she doesn't really even recognize yoda when he comes back at first uh so he kind (laughs) of he spends those next few episodes trying to trust her he uses video games actually the one thing i really like is there's a shot of the video game console that is the last shot of the opening of this of the show yeah um so he uses basically that he kind of figures it like he kind of tries a bunch of shit um and it doesn't work to get through to hina he has this fake identity as a as a researcher, some bullshit that uh, Suzuki got him got for him. Um, so that's how he's able to get into the fancy ass hospital. He, but basically he he's like, all right, I need after a bunch of shit like trying to get through to her with sheer force doesn't work. He's like, all right, let's play video games together. And obviously she's bad um, because she's like has this brain disease, but she she gets it eventually. And then basically he he does some more shit to get through to her. But he's kind of a cunt. He's kind of being an asshole the entire time he's there, especially to the lady taking care of Hina, who, like, puts her fucking heart and soul into treating Hina and helping educate her and helping her grow. Um, he's he's definitely an asshole in these last few episodes. Um, and- See, the, the thing is, he doesn't... He never thought ahead. Like, so that, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Even though, yeah, he let his emotions control deal- him. Yeah, he's probably never had to deal with a sick kid before but when you're told don't speak loudly be calm and resent like and like keep a calm manner with her and when she gets to look you in the eye she'll be all right and then when she like presses forward on the analog stick runs into a rock and he's yelling at her yes being like oh you need to go the other you need to go the other way you need to go the other way i'm just like Like, are you fucking uh, dumb bro like you literally are stupid moron like (laughs) what did they just tell you i just want to whack him in the yeah he's like like He's, he's like he says he understands every time he gets warned about that and then he just does it like a minute later or less it's like you are so stupid it's making me upset like literally it's like he doesn't understand that she has and hopefully he was told that Hina actually has some kind of disease and he was I think he was but actually by her father um that she, she has this this disease and it's like he doesn't understand that she can't really communicate effectively anymore. Like he figures it out eventually, but like he tries. It took at, him ages. Right. He, he goes. He goes in at first. He's like, "It's me, Yota. Don't you remember me? We had so many fun experiences together." I'm like, "Oh my god, shut the fuck up." Um, no, see, at, at the at the very very start, because he didn't get the full situation, and because like he when he first saw her, I kind of get it then. But then after that first reaction she had, then you would think it would click in his head and be like, okay, I have to approach this 
much, much differently now. Yeah. And the idea with the video games and all that, well, that was a good idea, but then the way he kept overreacting and trying to grab her, like, that was fucking moron. Yeah, that was so that stupid. That was fucking infuriating. Like, you saw the way she reacted the first time. Why would you continue this? It was just like, God, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, I know you love, I know you love her and everything, but cunt. It's so different now. Yeah, it's so different. Ugh. It's like he can't, he doesn't figure it out for until like, what, two or three days in. Like, fucking stupid ass bitch. Uh, but basically, in the end, it's episode 12. He's kind of got through to her. She knows the names of all her friends from, from the previous episodes. And we're at the point where she's being sent away to a hospital, probably in America or something. I don't know where it was, but she's being sent away to a foreign hospital so they won't be able to see her again. And obviously that makes Yota upset because he loves her for some reason. And eventually she when Yota's going away and she has to like make the choice, like, does she want to stay at the hospital or does she want to go with Yota? She decides to go with Yota. She's like starts crying, but, you know, it's all fucking kind of gibberish because she can't really speak properly. Um, and then they, you know, they let Hina go free with, with Yota. And then at the very end, Yota's like, I now have purpose and direction in my life. I'm going to go to school to study this disease and find a cure like that. The brilliant researcher guy. Yeehaw. We're all friends. Woohoo. That's, that's how it ends basically. But I mean, it is heartwarming to an extent. I think there is. There's, I mean, because again, it it, it kind of feels grounded. Like there's actually a person out there like this that exists. You know, like someone who found who was like just an ordinary kid and found direction in their life thanks to like some random person coming into their lives or something like that. They found someone they truly loved, even though that's a child in this case. And now they want to, you know, do some fucking scientific ass research and. Look into this. Look deeper into this. Uh, this disease, so they can f- find a cure for it. Like being inspired by someone like that. Like because it is, you know, applicable to real life. Like there are so many people who are diseased who are like way stronger than will ever be. You know, because they are dealing with this disease and you know this shit that could like potentially kill you at some point. Like there's a lot of, uh, like realism to that feeling. I think it's just the fact that that moment came it was a bit rushed like the very ending was a little bit rushed in my opinion and the fact that everything before that was just yota being like oh my god i didn't understand her feelings and then him being a cunt the whole time in the hospital like dude shut the fuck up like it, it kind of ruined that moment for me a little bit um it was yeah i didn't i didn't really like the ending um i mean like not like the the ending ending, I mean, like, the, you know, everything up until that, like, it felt kind of forced, especially when, like, Yota had made a bunch of phone calls and shit to all his friends, like, we need you to bring Hina back, you have to do it, you're our, you're the man, Yota, and he's like, you're right, I am the man, <laughs> he just fucking does this other bullshit, I don't know, it's, it's, it's touchy, it's, it's very, it was, like, very delicate, and I don't think they handled it quite as well as they could have, uh, especially with, like, his attitude and, like, how he, um, basically, I don't know, like, how he acted the last bit. Oh, and by the way, they were forcing, I missed this, but they forced Yoda to leave because his secret identity was busted, so they were like, you gotta get out. Um, but they, they gave Hina the chance to, to leave with him, and she did. Um, but obviously she, she was confined <laughs> in a wheelchair and shit, but that's how it is. I know, I, I was 
so expecting just some massive, crazy, dumb idea. Like, I expected the most stupidest shit. Like, I expected him to fucking pick her up and run. Or something really dramatic and stupid like yeah. that. I was so expecting something dumb like that to happen. Because he was just like... He was being pushed to the edge. Hold on a sec. Yo. Yeah? I have fly- hold on, I haven't got a fly spray, hold on. Let me- I'll kill it, hold on. Uh. I did. Yeah, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, hold on. Back in just a sec, hold on. <laughs> okay, but basically, right, um, that- that whole twist, uh, it definitely could have been a lot worse. In my opinion, I think like because of the whole grounded direction of this show, I think the whole twist of Hina having that disease, um, like that tw that twist, like the actual idea of the like what the twist would have been, I think it could have been a lot worse than it was and handled a lot worse than it was. It was just the main character; he was the, really the only one being a cunt. Yota, um, it, it seemed. I don't know. I wasn't in there with the emotion because I know he was emotionally driven. There are a lot of people out there who are emotionally driven. I'm not really. I'm I'm much more logical. Um, so to me, it was like Yota coming in, barging into this hospital, basically, and being like, let me see her. Let me see her. And, you know, he was almost trying. It, like, it felt like he was trying to deny her the treatment that she needed to like learn and grow when he was just like all right let's play video games because i want to and i love you and even though you don't remember that i love you you're going to remember that i love you because i love you like that's what it felt like to me it, like that much bullshit shoving it down your throat kind of thing it, it like shoving that um, that emotional feeling down your throat and i, I wasn't feeling it i'm not real i was not on board with the emotions there but I'm, again, not really that much of an emotional person. I felt m way more emotion in the fucking uh, mom episode than I did with that. Like, because it, 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 I mean, it felt like, because this, it didn't really help that the show was so fucking short. Um, it, it felt like him forcing that shit down our throats because, like, you remember all the experiences we had together? We're basically lovers and shit now. And he, it, like, it was like he was forcing it down our throats when really they only had, like, I don't know, to us viewers, it was like maybe two hours worth of experiences, maybe a little more than that, two and a half hours. It, like, it felt like yeah, look, so forced. The <laughs> jump from like, I really want you to stick around because we're having a lot of fun to like, to I love you. That yeah. Was, yeah, you're right. It was just very big and very like unnecessary almost. Yeah. Like, I feel like they could have gone with a better angle with, like, because uh, they like, his parents lied and said, oh, she's a family member. I feel like they could have kept that going and kept being like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to treat you like my sister Sora. I'm going to treat you like a sister because I love having you around. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And also, you're a kid. Um, also, you're literally 11. <laughs> and he was literally in love with Izanami. And Izanami... It looked He's like fucking awesome. I know she was awesome when, like, when he was able to fix that shit between her and her father, and it looked like Izanami was like 
actually starting to fall for him. It was just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, and he just turns to this, like, 12-year-old kid, like, oh, my God, dude. You're going to leave Izanami to go date some other bitch? Like, oh, my God. Come on, bro. Like, huge missed opportunity. What the fuck? It was. But, look, I'm not going to lie, though. Sorry, I had to pop out for a sec. Um, I'm not going to lie. Also, he should have slept with uh, Tengen. Should have done it. I was pissed <laughs> no, at the uh, end. I actually wrote at the end of that, in my notes at the end of that episode, does Tengen realize she's trying to seduce a minor? And it's just like, wait a minute, is this, what the fuck's happening? And then he, he, there was the whole thing where he was just like, am I going to do it? And then he just sees a staircase up to an R18 sign, and he's just like, am I going to do it? And then he's just like, no, I like Izanami, I can't do it. And then it's just and like, And then he doesn't oh like Izanami. Fucking bullshit. Uh, I know. Um, I don't know what you said about the ending, but the ending for me... Um, see, I appreciate Emo Kid actually helping until this point, because Emo Kid came to regret handing Hina over. Yeah. Which, I do appreciate that, because Hina... Uh, he, he realized Hina's just a kid, and he doesn't and he didn't want her to die. And luckily, she didn't die, so he just wanted to help her. Which, you know what? That's good character development. Yeah, At that for point sure. in time, I gained a bit of respect for Emo Guy, even though up until, up until then, he was crazy Emo Guy. Um, the whole thing with the hospital... There were many points where... Because Yota was being such a cunt, and the other lady was able to talk to her, like, to actually talk to Hina, because she didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. But the other lady was actually able to talk to her, that it, it kind of made me go, dude, you should probably leave it. You should probably just let it yeah, go. Yeah, no, what I and mentioned while you were gone is, like, it felt like he was being so overly emotionally driven that he was trying, like, selfishly trying to deny her the treatment that she needed to, like, learn and grow. You know, like, he was trying to, like, yeah. take up her time because of his own selfish bullshit reason. Like, we spent so much time together. It's like, all right, enough of you learning the alphabet. Fuck you. Let's play video games. You know, like, <laughs> that, that's what it felt like. It f- and, you know, the whole shoving down our throats of, like, we had so much fun together. We're best friends. Like, I love you. Like, it I, I thought, felt I thought really the, forced. I thought the phone calls with friends and all that was enough of a reason to like keep the drive going but he did sure keep, yeah he did force a lot of it you're right he was very just like oh my god you remember this do you remember this and yeah. some some of that got through to her the drawings of everyone i thought that was that was kind of weird but kind of sweet and luckily that's what turned her around in the end but um mm-hmm. it was kind of like there were so many points where it was just like dude and luckily he realized at the end until she changed her mind um he was going to give up luckily like because he was he was found he was had and luckily and then when she started saying everyone's names but continuously flicked away yoda's card like that was in that was just like oh my god it's it's working and it kept building and building from there and i was just like Oh shit! It's happening. Wait, it is, is it happening? And then she got upset with Yoda again. I'm like, damn it, you asshole! What have you done? But that ending realiz. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. This nearly made me cry. The ending realization that she kept flicking away Yoda's card because Yoda was already there. That was. That and was then she good. kept yelling his name because she, he was missing. 
that that hit me. I was just like, oh my god, that's so sweet. Like I was just like, oh, that is so sweet. She, he's missing. Oh, go get him. And I was just like, that is so sad. I really like I I that hit me different. I was just like, that is sad because yeah. like it, it reminds. It, it's gonna be so dumb, but it reminds it, like it reminds me of my niece in a way, like. Whenever my niece comes over and say me or, or me or my sister isn't here, she'll always say like, "Oh, where's Trent? Where's Beck? Like, cause someone's missing. Someone's not here." And yeah. it was just like, "Oh, that was so sweet." And then I will admit, considering she was bedridden the entire fucking time, why would the lady fucking carry her out the hospital to wave bye bye? That's a bit retarded. Like, <laughs> honestly, she was bedridden and unable to walk this entire time. What are you thinking? So that was dumb but yeah. um but then she started yeah. walking to see yoda oh my god oh, i'm gonna cry <laughs> yeah. but like that, um yeah. you get the idea yeah no then the whole like last episode so okay this i thought there was gonna be another twist even though it was the last episode because i thought that the supercomputer chip was the thing that was keeping her alive. Mm-hmm. The, like, either I misunderstood something, because it sounds like she only got that recently, even, but I, I must have misunderstood something, because I thought the chip's gone, the disease is affecting her more, she... The, oh, wait, no, they cut her hair so they could get into the... so they could get the chip out of her head. Yep. Okay, maybe... maybe it's not the same. But... Like, I thought at the, in the final episode when she was in the wheelchair, like, that bit when they were watching the movie that Sora made, and then she was just, like, then Hina was just kind of unconscious leaning against Yota. I thought she was dead. Like, I just thought, they're gonna, she's gonna, they're gonna straight up kill her. Because isn't the disease gonna fuck her up more now? Like, I thought she was gonna die. And luckily she never did. Thank fuck for that. And yeah. His ambitions now of wanting to try and find a cure for the disease by becoming a scientist or whatever to try and help her. I mean, okay, fair enough. Do what yeah. you gotta do, man. But, like, stop being weird about it because she's still a child. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just stop being weird. Treat her more like a family member than anything else, I reckon. Yeah, but meanwhile, you can go fuck Izanami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go. Izanami cares about you. you go, just, there you go. And I, I love that bit, though, at the end of the episode. Uh, I'll, uh, five when or oh, six even when uh, Izanami is just like you helped so much Yota is there anything I can do for you yeah, yeah you could fucking then he's blow just like, me uh, <laughs> and then it cuts and he's just like I failed I didn't say it it's just like you dumb cunt exactly like, that, that would have been cheating considering she she just had this giant emotional development like it would have yeah fair enough but still it was just kind of like guys such a wasted opportunity like, so many wasted opportunities for Izanami. Uh, episode 2, when they kept trying to make them go out, or whatever, yeah. by the movie scenes. And then there was that third bit at the end with uh, Yota, his dad, and Ashira. Those were funny. The movie scenes, those it, were funny. It was. And then afterwards, when she leaves, and the three dudes are just screaming in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh my god. Even Yoda's father is just like, yeah, this is fun. Dude, Yoda's dad is so epic. I love that guy. See, that's the thing. He's I was genuinely surprised. Like, all the characters were good. Even emo kid's fucking suit guy. 
He yeah, had right? a lot of personality, despite being a henchman. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> like, every character feels more realistic. And that's why, like, I feel like June Maeda, after Angel Beats and after Charlotte, he has started to realize what aspects of his stories people appreciate more and what he needs to do to make a better story. And I feel like this one does trump Angel Beats and Charlotte. Yeah. But only because it feels more grounded and because the the, the twist wasn't as out of place and out of nowhere. Yeah. Because, like, in Charlotte... Oh, building collapses, sister's dead, uh, main character's emo. That came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> but meanwhile, here, they were dropping hints. 30 days till the end of the world. Uh, his parents know something's up. Uh, we're learning a bit more about her over time, and she does actually have parents, despite not saying she does. And then... The whole thing about how... Like, I, I kind of got it a few episodes before it happened... But the whole thing about how 30 days to the end of the world, it's not actually the end of the world, it's the end of Hina. Yeah. When that happened, because supercomputer bullshit, I like I, I started to come to realise that, and I'm like, oh no, something's going to happen to her. And then, yeah. yeah. The, that's the thing, that's the other thing. Like, again, they got the supercomputer out of her head, and then the CEO and the others just fucked off. Like, yep. that wasn't an extra plot, which I thought it was going to be. But I guess it had no real tie-in to the whole Rescue Hina thing, because they weren't with her. They literally the, just got the chip out of her head and then sent her to the hospital. The I'm lesson like, oh, you fair. take from that is that you cannot fuck with big business. Don't fuck with big business. That's no. it. Do not fuck you're just with you're literally business. a 17 year old kid dude get the fuck go fucking get a part-time job at McDonald's or something like do something yes. with your life so yeah no, I, and I he does by the end woohoo well done but um yeah now that that ending shot of like him pushing her in the wheelchair so reminded me of the end photo of Charlotte when Nile yeah. was pushing the guy in the wheelchair and it was like what is it with Jude Maeda and making people disabled? Like, it's just I don't like, know. What's... There's something it's like, like I... I don't know. There's something like extra emotional about <laughs> something extra emotional about like people who can push through their you know their fucking lame ass their fucking horrible hand that God dealt them or whatever at birth. Like something extra emotional about that, you know? Um, it, it like just people. Because, like I mentioned, those, like, genuinely, in real life, like, those people who are disabled and have diseases are, like, they're fucking awesome. Like, it it may be hard for people who are more logical to, like, kind of feel for them, um, to, like, understand what they're going through and even, to a certain extent, like, communicate with them effectively. But, like, it's so, there's, like, a lot of realism to that. Like, again, it's, like, grounded in relatability and reality. Like, people, there are a lot of people out there who are going to watch this show that can relate to having someone they really care about, like, affected by, like, something they couldn't control like that. So, like, and affected heavily, I mean. So, I think it's that. That's what makes this one probably, like sitting pretty at the top of 
um, his three shows. Like, it's just really, like, I think objectively, even though I, I wasn't a huge fan myself, I think just objectively, especially if you're an emotional person, you'll definitely feel this. Like, it's a it's yeah. a very solid, like, ending, and the direction was was good. Like, the direction was right. It was just they handled the main character kind of poorly in those last few episodes and but that's about it like because and it yeah. felt like a shame because the dialogue and character writing up until this point was fucking awesome um so it kind of felt like a waste and it, like off-putting to see the main character acting like such a dumbass um yeah especially since it was re it got to the point where like it's understandable once or twice but like it got to the point where it's just absolutely infuriating like mm-hmm. he was just no matter how many times they had to remind him to like stay quiet or she'll freak out and he's just like ah you're gonna hit the wall like dude shut the fuck up you absolute moron um it, fucking it was so bad uh, it was it was really hard to watch um, it was but, but uh, yeah, other right, than the that stor- the yeah. storytelling overall aside from that was pretty good I like the subtle hints I like the meeting up with the family and I like the fact everyone was civil about everything yeah um I like the like even like the ending the like after movie bit with um Hina doing that little sit down interview about how she appreciates the time she she's had with everyone yeah like that was very sweet and then like a lot of things ended up being like really good like good for the characters because like all the characters had all their own like positives to them and like ashira and um yoda being proper bros um like sora being like a a little sister that wants to help with everything and wants to help ramen lady and then ramen lady kind of repaying her debt tengen despite the fact she flirted with a minor um is being helpful in the end. Uh, yeah. Good Good on you. Uh, please uh, go see Chris Hansen immediately. Um, yeah. And uh, the parents were fine. I, I like, I'm sure with everyone think he and his parents... The dad is poggers. Were, the dad is poggers. He is poggers. I, I'm sure a lot of people would agree that he and his parents were a bit of a bit dicks, but I mean... Yeah. You I think, think it was her dad and her mom, like, he was either dead or, like, something. I don't know. But her mom wasn't of, there, because the dad was remarried. Yes, but you could almost kind of understand to an extent, but you still would be like, if I was a father, I would help. I would stay there yeah. for my daughter. I wouldn't abandon them, but it's like... you it's hard to imagine what they would have gone through but yeah and and i think the dad actually mentions that like you don't know what it was like to feel like that and then maybe and then he said he also says maybe you'll feel like deal with this someday too and but i think the difference is that in the end yoda actually manages to get through to her or whatever manages to help her in some way or at least the idea is that she or he will help her in the future when he becomes a scientist or whatever um but yeah, it's it is hard for us who are not fathers of diseased children to imagine what that feeling would be like. So yeah, yeah, and like I don't know. It was 
the, see, from here, though, like, that's the thing. Jude Maeda, as well, all of the series that he's done, none of them have got sequels. I'm pretty sure some of them have had manga adaptations from the anime, or something mm -hmm. like that, or, like, some other extra bit of material. I know yeah. uh, Charlotte got an OVA. Um, I don't know about Angel Beats. From here, though, <laughs> If it does, like... I don't want to see it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It did kind of, in a roundabout way, get a nice ending. Yeah. But a lot of the time, with shows like these, I kind of want to know what happens afterwards. And... Sure, yeah. It's like a weird conditioning thing. Of, I, 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 I need to, like get out of this because like, I know for a long time that oh, anime doesn't always get made and like uh, depending on who's working on it like who knows what's going to happen because after the disappointment of um, High School of the Dead being promised a season 2 and never got it because the creator died that kind of mm. disappointed me but like now that they've got her back he's gonna study and become a scientist yeah. Can hey, we this... just assume that he's done that? Yeah, are I we think, ever gonna well, see? Are we ever gonna see the OG Hina again? Like, God, like she thinks she's a God Hina again? Are we ever gonna see that again? You know like... what? I think in this, in this specific case, I think this was a really like solid ending because it leaves, it basically like kind of assures you that he will do that, but we don't actually know for sure. But I think that's what we're meant to assume. And I don't think we're going to get a continuation from this because I think that was a really like good ending, like, a really good way to end it. Even though it's different, like you know, it's not the same Hino we started off with. It's I think it's like a good way to round it out and show because I think the overall idea was because I mean, if you ask me to sum up the story, like you know, we're gonna do an episode about sixty second anime reviews. If you ask me to sum up this story in a like a minimal amount of time, I would tell you that this the day I became a god is the story about an ordinary kid who has no direction in his life finds purpose in his life through meeting a strange girl like that's what i would tell you is the story of this anime and i think that's what we're meant to take from it is that we're supposed to be like hey here's an ordinary kid who just happened to meet this crazy girl and now all of a sudden has purpose and determination to get to where he wants to be and uh, there's a direction he wants to go with his life and something he really wants to do and that's uh, yeah that's what I think we're supposed to take away from it like not necessarily the whatever happens next um, just that he is now someone with a purpose I don't know that's that's yeah. kind of how I interpret it yeah no and I on top of that as well <clears throat> there was another bit that Yoda kept he kept harping on about the summer and those memories. Yeah, of course he did. And he, he harped on about it quite a lot. And <laughs> before he realized Emo Kid knew about Hina, he, he like he got to the point where he was just like, "I'm gonna." I quoted it because he hit different, and I know I keep saying that, but it hit different. Um. I even wrote the note, Gus, you warned me about the hospital. <laughs> I was just yep. like, uh -huh, you fucking I did. warned me about the hospital, bro. Yeah, the quote was like, would we grow up, grow further and further from those days and just forget them? Because he... 
he cherished those memories with her, uh, th- that time with her so much that he didn't want to forget them, which, like, a lot of people are at fault for doing. They cherish something so much that they refuse to move on, even though you kind of need to. Yeah. And even I'm at fault for that. I, I, that's, I, I, I'm stuck in the past about a lot of things. I mean, fucking hell, but it's, like, kind of... It's kind of like a message that, like, yes, cherish those memories, but don't be afraid of what's to come. If you've lost someone, then cherish that time you had with them. That's why you got to make every moment, in like every moment you have, something worth remembering or something worth keeping, like keeping in your head. Like, can't don't waste your fucking time do stuff that has meaning almost like <laughs> yeah in a sense that's kind of what it's saying but definitely that's what, that's what i feel like but um yeah and it, the see that's the thing like the thing the issue i had with it was like i don't know we didn't get to see i don't know if there was more experiences but just by the amount of experiences that we saw it felt like really shoving down our throats this like we had the best summer ever together or whatever like it because there wasn't actually that much there like that much actual content like it was like what five days or something seven six days like there wasn't a whole lot going on it it felt really forced at the end like most Um, episodes did like four or three day time skips but in between the whole oh mahjong tournament oh studying for exams oh all this shit what you can just assume they fucking played video games that whole time like it's like 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 their summer wasn't like it was unique certainly like they helped a ramen lady get a business back together they cheated their way into a fucking mahion tournament and like they played basketball and went to a fucking festival like whoa best summer ever like not really like it was a good like you Mm. made a new friend to was able to predict some stuff, but, uh um, Good for you, buddy. Like, was about it. And I... You're right, he did shove that down quite a lot, but, like, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing to him it was the best summer because he hasn't, ha- hasn't had anything that... Yeah, yeah. Invest- that's, yeah, like, that's, like, that- kind of what I mentioned, like, the ordinary kid thing who doesn't really do anything special. Um, yeah. That's because that's I think that's what we're supposed to take from it. I, I didn't really oh. get that, but it's fine. Let, let's <laughs> we're getting close to the end, but uh, let, let's talk about a few other things, like small things as well. Um, sure. I want to mention as well Ashira, the Ashira, the bloke, Ashura. Ashura, Ashura yeah. the bloke. Yeah. yeah. When out of nowhere, they mentioned the injury he had. Yeah. How he was hit by a fucking car, and his legs were broken, and they said he was never going to play basketball again. Yeah. Like, that, like, as well, like, I, I thought he was a cool dude before then, but then seeing how he persevered through that, the, like, mm-hmm. that was sick. Like, good on the guy. Exactly. Like, fucking, like I definitely feel like, like they could have done more with the whole basketball backstory thing. I think they could have done more with that. But. Definitely. And this anime was fucking gorgeous all the way through. Oh, yeah. Even, Very even like, the simple animation in Yoda's room of the ball and the basketball shoes displayed on the wall and the TV and the, and the console and, like, the scenery. Yeah, they were like, playing Genshin fucking... Impact. 
on that TV. <laughs> something like that. They were playing something. I don't know if it was exactly Genshin Impact, but it was something no, like that. No, it wasn't, but it kind of looked like it. Yeah, and like... Generic 3D RPG. <laughs> exactly. And um, it was fucking gorgeous. And of course, June Maeda, I'm pretty sure he writes most of the music uh, for oh, his the shows. The music is so good. The music it always was is. amazing. The opening like, especially is gorgeous. I mean, the ending's the, great too, but the end, like the fucking, the opening, such a beautiful song. It was. And then like all the piano tunes in the middle and then like a lot of other stuff during the show, it was so fucking good. Dude, if Yoda's not going to take Izanami, I'm going to take her because she can play piano <laughs> and that's hot. The, yeah, that episode two when like they were trying to figure out how to get him with Izanami, and then the only time she smiled was after playing the piano. Yeah. That was nice. That, that was nice. Mm-hmm. But then they actually found out, like, oh, shit's fucked. By the way, Izanami's oh. dad, that was... That episode, like, I understood his, like, his trauma almost, like, his hesitance to go outside because he yeah. didn't... Yeah. Like, I, I understand It did kind that, of feel like but, he was overreacting. Well, I mean, there... Because, like, what, he hadn't been it, outside in, like, ten years? No, I mean, he needs okay, to figure yeah, it that out. Was, <laughs> I mean... Look, this is, okay, just something very quick and brief, personal-wise. Personal um, very, like, years and years ago, an old friend of mine, um, her father passed away, mm-hmm. and I was very close with their family, and I saw her mother... She didn't want to leave the home, like, their house for, like, a month. She was... I saw the way she was wrecked and just laying on the couch, not wanting to do anything. Like, I, it, losing someone that close to you, it does wreck you. Yeah. Although, yes, I think you're right. In the anime, it was kind of, like, he refused to move on almost for ten years, which is such a... Big that's a long of, ass time it's a long ass time that's it like is. half our lives <laughs> I know it's very very like fucking intense but the thing that probably kept him there was those videotapes that she or one of the messages that yeah. he refused to finish because he had whatever memories he had there and refused to let them go, and that, like, he, he refused to move on because he had something to hold on to, and that was probably what kept him going for that long in that state. But, um, mm-hmm. anyway, the reason I brought this up is because I thought it was really funny when they kept doing restaurant hopping, and he yes, just that wanted was a funny. fuck ton of stuff with cheese, and I was just like, it's all cheese! <laughs> like, that was fucking great. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's what and I wanted to get. And he was just there eating, of. eating it all with him. That was funny. That was good, but um, yeah, no. Nah, and that ending for that episode, when they finally watched that last tape, like, oh my yes. god, just yes, that was so like, give, hug them, help them move on, and fucking yes. let's do this. And then Izanami after that, like, even uh, it was so funny. Directly after that is the uh, festival episode, and Izanami was wearing a Yakuda, y- y- Yakuda, what are, the, what are they called? Those fucking yeah, Japanese... Um, y- yeah, I want to say it's a um, Yakuda. I don't know what, how you would say it in English. Neither, but um, yeah, she was wearing one of those Japanese um, 
formal dresses that they wear to festivals, and um, Yoda that all the was Japanese like, guys freak out over. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then Yoda was being like a fucking weirdo, complimenting her, but she ex- she said thank you, and she accepted the compliment genuinely. Exactly. And it was just like this is heartwarming. Like he might as fucking- well have said, "I like your boobs," and she would have been like, "Okay, that's nice." but um yeah and then like you could see immediately like now that Izanami had rekindled her relationship with her dad just how much and because Yoda was able to make all this happen with her with his like fantasy phone call from the underworld which I still don't know how they were able to pull that off that was a bit that that was weird but they were able to pull that off but then it was because Hina was imitating the voice. She was very good at imitating that. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure how she does hell. that, but it's it's fine. She's a god. Um, she has a yeah, microchip exactly. in her head. Um, Elon Musk. Um, anyway. Um, fucking. Yo. Um, uh, no, no, no. But then immediately, like, she started to like. She was still reserved. She was still quiet. But then, over the course of the festival, she was starting to show more interest in things. And then, like, when she got, like, snow cones or whatever they were for her and uh, Yoda, and they sat together talking, and then, like, she was starting to come out a little bit more because she was feeling more confident and happy about stuff. It yeah. was so fucking nice to see, and you felt happy for that for her. And exactly. Then you thought, and you thought, like, yeah, they're finally getting together. Woo! And then they but just then, don't. Then they don't. See, that, so then upset, the thing... Dude. See, the thing that got me also, I knew shit was going to go south because Hina started getting jealous that those yes. two were getting closer. Then and it was then, like, oh, oh that, no. It's just like, damn it. Is there going to be a love triangle? Is there some going to be some shit? But she's dying. But, but like, the world's ending, isn't it? What's going to happen? And then they went and saved her from a truck. Um, uh... But, like... And as well, okay, another tidbit. <sighs> what is it with Jun Maeda and making the main characters have sister complexes? I think it's because he has a sister complex. Maybe. Um, it's gotta be it. They didn't really, like, explicitly say it till episode 7, because they did very early on in Charlotte. They're just like, dude, what is this thing you have for your sister? It's weird. But then in, like, episode 7... When he kept, when Yoda kept like complimenting Sora for whatever reason, and then Hina was just like, "Huh, so you have a sister complex?" And it's just like, "What is this? Why? <laughs> is there ever is there ever a normal brother sister relationship in these fucking shows? Like, why does everyone need to have a sister complex?" Ugh. I don't Weird. know, dude. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. Nah. Whatever, but, man. Um, Poor Izanami, dude. I was just thinking about, like, how the main characters in these shows always just... Well, except for Charlotte, I guess. They always pick the wrong girls. You know? Like, this guy picked Hino, and he probably should have picked Izanami. And then in Angel Beats, they... The main... I totally forget his name. But the main guy picked the angel over the main girl, who I also forget her name. Um, But... He was like, I love you, Angel. Let's stay in the underworld forever. And they was like, no, bitch. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, wait. No, there totally is an Angel Beats OVA. I had a brain blast. Um, there is an Angel Beats OVA. Like, covers a separate ending. Like, an alternate oh, ending. 
It's weird though. Well, we I, could, I, it's we, weird. Let's stay in the underworld forever. And like, shut the fuck up, you moron. God like, fucking damn it. We, with that knowledge now, I definitely feel like there's going to be an OVA for the day I became a god. It's probably going to be like something in the middle of the 30 days that do some other side story. I don't know. It's going to be where Yota becomes an actual god and starts, um, I don't know, fireballing people for no reason or something. I don't know. Imagine if the OVA is just like a time lapse of them growing up and he actually becomes a scientist and cures Earth. That would be Maybe great. Maybe in the OVA, Yota gets fucking piss drunk and pees on somebody. But that's it. What? <laughs> that's the whole uh, OVA. I it took me a second to click with what you just fucking said, and I was just like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? That's the whole fucking... thing. That's twenty minutes of content right there. That's twenty minutes of content. Yo, yo, to get drunk for the first time and, and pisses pees on, on somebody in public, <laughs> specifically from the top of a tree. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Predictions for but, the OVA um, official prediction. Um, if I'm wrong, then all of you owe me five dollars. If you're and wrong, if I'm right, then I owe all of you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. As, a, as an apology <laughs> for being like... right. If there's at any point peeing in the OVA, you have to owe people five bucks. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, no, he has to pee on somebody. Specifically on someone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> there you go. I think we can end uh, on that note. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, As a summary, yeah. Charlotte. No, not Charlotte. The uh, Day I Became a God is just, in my opinion, a more wholesome Charlotte. It was more grounded down the earth, animation was beautiful, music was beautiful all around, the opening and endings was gorgeous. Um, the story was a nice slice of life affair, it was what you wanted, and then it hit a lot of emotional beats without the typical anime tropes of, like, overreacting evil cunt, apart from the emo guy's backstory. A lot of it was grounded and down-to-earth a lot more, with, with Hina's parents and Yoda's parents and their backstories, and everything just felt a bit more genuine and, like, paced well, and even though, even the time in the hospital, even though Yoda was being a dick, it hit different at the end when... Like, for me at least, when Hina didn't want Yoda to leave because he was missing in her mind, because she had everyone else there via the cards, but Yoda was no longer there because he was leaving. That genuinely Rest was a bit peace. heartbreaking, and I am um, I, happy with the ending, because I would have been happy either way. Like, uh, 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 when he was leaving, I kind of got the impression there was going to be something like... Um, oh, he leaves, she grows up, and they meet up in the future, and she remembers him, or something like that. I, I was expecting something like that to happen, but no. In the end, they get to be together, she cares a lot about Yoda, Yoda weirdly cares a lot about her, even though she's a child, but it's wholesome, and I... 
I'm very happy with the ending and definitely prefer it to Charlotte and Angel Beats. Despite the fact Charlotte was funnier, doesn't matter. All the characters really well written and there's nothing really entirely wrong with it. It was a June Maeda story and I enjoy the ride. So there you go. It was good. That's it. That's the whole thing. It was good. You it was know. good. It was good. Angel also, Beats. Was... I mean, you know what? It wasn't Angel Beats because the ending of Angel Beats made me want to, like, jump out of a window. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Actually, one last bit. There was a massive prank in episode 11. Remember the phone call was bit where Yoda was calling everyone? Yeah. And he called Izanami. And then Izanami... It was like a prank almost. She said, I love you. Yeah. And then there was a pause. And then there was a pause. And then she said, I love you and Hina together. And I was just like, oh! oh. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You fucking nearly did that. You oh. nearly fucking did that. And I was just like losing my shit. Like, oh! God Fuck. damn it. Damn, boy! But, um, Ugh. yeah. Anyway, there Pranked. you go. There's a review, our review of the day I became a god. So, do us a favor, Gus, and hit the outro. Oh, shit. It's outro time. Uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning in to this episode of the Firestorm Podcast. If you want to follow us, you can on Twitter at Firestorm Pod for a plethora of dick jokes and song parodies that will never actually be made. Um, and announcements when our new episodes come out. Um, we have some more Twilight... I knocked the uh, pop filter by accident. We have more uh, Twilight Princess head your way soon, and we're going to be moving on to Skyward Sword once that's done. Um, so follow our Twitter at FirestormPod, and if you want to follow us individually, you can also do that. Uh, for me, at Silverstone100, and Trent at TrentJM27. And if you want to ask us questions or leave us suggestions about or for future episode ideas or what have you, maybe we'll do a Q&A at some point, who knows, you can. You can leave them in the comments or you can email us at firestormproductions2 at gmail.com. Um, that's it, I think. Okay. Um, you, if, if you have any anime that you reckon we should check out for a review type format like this, let us know as well. Because yes. We, the whole reason we did The Day I Became a God is because of our interest in Charlotte. And yeah. it, it being announced, like, essentially as we were uploading our episode of Charlotte, uh, uploading the Charlotte episode. So we kind of just like, you know what, we'll do this as well. Because yeah. we're both familiar with June Maeda's work. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, we are more than happy to explore different anime. We're going to be sure. doing uh, ReZero Season 2 Part 2 when that comes out. Oh, it's and been so whole, good so far. It's already been two episodes so far, and it's been fucking amazing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let us know if you want any anime for us to review. Uh, we might be doing some album reviews as well, again, uh, for a few things that might be coming out soon. And, uh, yep. yeah, talk to us, let us know what you want, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, we're... Uh... Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna watch some shit. We're gonna listen to some shit, and we're gonna play some shit, and that's that's how it's gonna go. Um, and we're going to yeah. take a shit eventually. I actually need to do that, so uh, let's uh, go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. All right. Thank you guys, goodbye. and goodbye. Goodbye.
You know what? It's been too long since I've said this.